You're listening to Bloom After Baby, the podcast. We're your hosts, Rachel Daggett and Jen Jordan. We're a therapist and a doctor and and both moms moms of two. We're here to discuss the mental health and wellness needs that are unique to motherhood. From confusing hormone swings to your expanding body to boundaries in tricky relationships, we'll give you the information you need to experience motherhood in a way that feels good to you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to A Bit Frazzled. This is Rachel starting out this episode today, and Jen and I are trying out a new format. As you all know, we are both moms, and so we're very busy, and we're having a a little bit of a tricky time lining up our schedules, as I'm sure you understand, to be able to record all of these episodes together. So as you'll notice, sometimes either of us may be interviewing our guests solo, and we had a couple of purely solo episodes early on. And today we're going to try out this format of a series we're going to call Dear Dr. Jen, where I'm going to come on first and talk a bit and introduce a topic and then ask a couple of questions and have Jenny respond and make it into one episode. So we're going to see how this goes. We're open to your feedback. Let us know if you like it or not. But you know what? We're just learning as we go here. So Thanks for being here. And I'm going to brag about my friend for a second. Many of you may not know Jen and I have been friends for a long time, uh, probably let's say it's 2024, close to 10 years now. And we met when I was in graduate school getting my master's in psychology and she was in med school. And if, if you have a friend who is a provider of any kind, you may find yourself texting and calling them constantly, asking them random medical questions or legal questions or finance or whatever um, industry they may be in. And Dr. Jenny has just been so patient with me and our group of friends with asking her unsolicited, annoying medical questions. We embarked upon becoming engaged together, not together, but around the same time (laughs) to our respective partners and getting married within a year of each other and going through wedding planning process and all of that. And then moving, we both moved away from the place where we really built a lot of bonds in the South Bay of Los Angeles, Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach, and just starting this whole new phase of life together of then becoming parents, pregnancy and infertility issues and postpartum and all of this stuff. And so it's been really cool to go through these personal phases of life together with Jen and also I've reaped benefits of her being a doctor and being able to text her a couple of weeks ago, of, what is this weird rash Blake is having? Is this an allergic reaction? Do I need to take her in? And there was a time also, Jen, you will probably remember this. We have it on video somewhere where Sean and I helped you guys and Freddie and Caitlin. We all, our little group, we helped you and Eric move to a new apartment in Manhattan Beach. And I think somehow... Let me correct myself. Sean helped you guys move. I bet me and Caitlin were probably having mimosas somewhere, not being the slightest bit useful. But somehow your your huge Z gallery bed got dropped on Sean's toe and he lost his toenail and it just blew up. I'm sure it was broken or something serious. And I remember being in your new apartment weeks later and you like drained it and did this like whole procedure in your living room. And it was so disgusting. It was just ridiculous. We were ridiculous. But thank you. 
for all of the medical help and advice and love and just ultimately the compassion and desire to help and to heal and you genuinely care about the people you work with and know and their health and wellness. Jenny went to med school in her home state of Washington at the University of Washington. She graduated with her MD in 2013 completed all of her rounds of residency. I know the major one was in Los Angeles at UCLA, and that was when we met. And she went on to practice family medicine and various different roles and ultimately working her way up to a medical director role. And one of the things that I love and admire most about Jen is that she truly cares about the work that she does. Something that I've heard her speak about from the beginning when, Jen, when you were first starting out in your residency doing patient care was how hard it was for you to disconnect from your patients at the end of the day. And I know that was something that you and I both struggled with and both still do in our work one-on-one with clients and patients was just this level of empathy and compassion and connection that we felt with the the people that we were helping or interacting with on a day-to-day basis and how hard it was to not take all that on. We both have shared sometimes feeling limited within the limits of our licenses. And and obviously we both have practiced legally and ethically, but joking about wanting to adopt certain clients because we just have so much love for them. And that is a true feeling, really feeling love for the people that we interact with and work with. And that's something that I've always loved about Jenny and we've bonded over is wanting, truly wanting to help people connect with people, be useful and be drivers of cultural change in in medical care and in mental health care, really the underlying driver that brought us both respectively into our fields. And I think why we felt like it was such a a beautiful fit for us to ultimately build Bloom After Baby together and, and join forces and become business partners. But all that to say, Jenny is amazing. I'm so grateful to be in business with her and to be doing all this with her. Jenny, thank you. We're really working to marry the psychological counseling perspective of mental health that I have with the medical perspective that Jen has. And it's really a cool combination. So that was part of my inspiration of doing this format because she's such a wealth of knowledge and she's so willing to help. And I often, oftentimes find myself referring my therapy clients to their MD or their OBGYN for health or medical questions that they may come to me with in session. So today we're going to start it out. Just, I want to ask Jenny if she will define some of the key medical terms that we're going to be talking a lot about in our posts, our episodes, and our future courses that we're working on and groups and workshops, because there's a lot of things that I know I talk about and language that I use that if I were to be asked to describe and define what those things actually mean in scientific terms, I would probably find myself being tongue-tied and (laughs) probably asking Jen to help me do that. What I want to jump into is this whole topic of hormones. And I talk about hormones a lot. We all use that term just so offhand. I could name some of the major hormones that play part in specifically in perinatal health and mental health. And Jen has made a freebie that's on our website, and I will link it in the show notes here, that is hormones and mood in pregnancy and postpartum. So you don't have to guess. And it's so helpful. And so, but for those of us who are more of like audible listeners or who just like to learn by hearing and listening and hearing Jen's voice, I'm wondering, Jenny, if you can help us 
actually understand and know what are hormones actually? What's the scientific definition of what, what a hormone is? And then is there a difference? What's the difference between a hormone and a neurochemical? Are those the same thing? The main hormones that, that we talk about and that I definitely work with my clients on more in terms of like behavioral and mood and how they impact us and then how to cope with the changes that occur due to the massive shifts in hormones in pregnancy, postpartum, beyond. Jen actually does know the mechanics or the science and chemistry of what hormones actually are. So for example, estrogen slash progesterone, which I didn't even know were the same thing. I will admit that up until a couple years ago. What are those? And estrogen, obviously, I feel like in my, gosh, my my hormone for dummies brain kind of just sees estrogen as like the female quote unquote hormone versus testosterone, which is more of the male dominant hormone. That's my very general understanding of it. But how does it play a part in pregnancy, birth and postpartum? And then oxytocin is the other major hormone that we talk about a lot, which is also known as the love and lactation hormone. You may think of oxytocin really starting to peak around around the time that you notice nesting behaviors or when our bodies are, are starting to produce milk for our babies. Oxytocin plays a part in both of those things. I often talk about oxytocin as the, a feel-good hormone. And a lot of times I suggest with moms who are experiencing postpartum mood or anxiety disorders or baby blues, I often recommend things like doing a lot of skin-to-skin, really getting some help with lactation support because breastfeeding can really help with oxytocin production, which can help um, lift your mood and help you feel those warm and fuzzy bonding feelings with your baby. Fed is best. We talk about a lot of the benefits of breastfeeding and we certainly encourage it, but we are not anti-bottle feeding or pumping or formula fed babies. Fed is best. And there are many other ways that you can boost oxytocin naturally other than breastfeeding. Like I said, skin to skin, just feeding your baby with a bottle and having that closeness. Whether you're breastfeeding or not, all of these shifts in our bodies that occur, the very few weeks of postpartum, and then all the ups and downs of milk production or weaning can cause a lot of mood swings related to those changes in oxytocin. The other hormone that I want to speak to that I talk about a lot in my practice with all kinds of clients is cortisol. So cortisol is the stress hormone. It's crucial for regulating our stress responses, specifically the fight or flight response and coping with physical stressors. So during labor, during delivery, during birth, if you have chronic stress or you're dealing with a big stressor or life change, your cortisol levels are going to be higher. And so Jenny, will you break that down for us? How does cortisol play a part in pregnancy and postpartum and and what's the trend there? So for today, dear Dr. Jen, Am I losing my goddamn mind? Why do I feel crazy? People usually respond, me included, because your hormones are all over the place. But what does that actually mean? What are hormones? Can you explain in your really smart science language, but in a way we will understand, which you are really good at, what is estrogen and progesterone? What is cortisol? And what is oxytocin? And how do those three major hormones play a role in the many mood swings on the roller coaster that is pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. Help us, Dr. Jen. 
Rachel, thank you so much for the kind and overly generous introduction. Um, such great questions. And I think a lot of your questions are questions that we get a lot in our messages and our DMs. And they're important questions because I think that really understanding some of these underlying physical processes really provides a lot of, one, comfort and reassurance, just having some understanding and awareness of what's going on. And then also really helps guide some of our treatment and management options. And we'll get more into that in a subsequent episode, but really understanding what treatment or even just techniques and strategies make sense based on what is actually going on in your body. So really, really important questions. Um, First, I want to just take a quick kind of zoom out and talk about This transition into motherhood, in some of our social media posts, we've talked about the term matrescence, and it's a new term to most people. Matrescence is the all-encompassing transition into motherhood. So it's likened to adolescence, and research shows that a woman's brain can change more quickly and more drastically during pregnancy and postpartum than any other point in her life, including adolescence. Um, And these changes are intentional. They're designed to support our new mom role that this 2.0 body and brain has built-in parenting instincts, helping you learn new baby-related tasks and to bond with your baby, making you more vigilant and protective. But these changes in the brain with shifting hormones are also related to mood swings and irritability, anxiety, some of the more distressing emotions that, that you could be experiencing during that time. And like I mentioned, you can't fully understand your emotions and mood without understanding what's really what's really happening in your brain and body that's causing these experiences. So let's start with hormones. Um, when we talk about hormones and mood, we might think of mood swings, common phrases like you're PMSing or you're acting hormonal. And sometimes those are even used as an insult to suggest you're being, being like, irrational or overreacting, but hormones are actually a big deal. They're um, chemical messengers in your body that serve so many critical functions and have so much to do with how you're feeling during this this perinatal time. So let's talk about which ones are at play, what they do. So you can think of hormones as little messengers that travel through your body, telling organs and glands what functions need to be performed. And let's talk about four of the key hormones during your pregnancy and postpartum period and how they can impact your mood and mental state. Um, First of all, there's estrogen and progesterone. So during pregnancy, your body produces very high amounts of estrogen and progesterone. And to put it in perspective, by the time of delivery, estrogen levels are a thousand times higher than before pregnancy. And a woman will produce more estrogen during one pregnancy than throughout her entire life when not pregnant. But immediately after delivery, levels of both of these hormones drop off a cliff. So when you think of mood swings with PMS, think of that times a thousand. Uh, we'll talk about the impacts on mood, what the, how they do that in a minute. But just know those are major shifts in those hormone levels during that time. And then oxytocin is your love and lactation hormone. And it's related to nesting behaviors and baby bliss. So feelings towards the end of pregnancy And then in postpartum, it's related to maternal infant bonding. And then lastly, cortisol. So cortisol is essential for regulating stress response, like the the fight or flight response. But it's actually involved in a lot of different types of stress responses in your body, including normal physical stressors, like rigorous exercise, including labor. Um, It peaks at the end of pregnancy to help with labor-related stress. So it's appropriate for levels to be elevated at that time, but it can also have some down downsides when it comes to emotions and mood. 
So that's an overview of some of the key players. And I want to emphasize too that it's the rapid fluctuation or rapid changes in these hormone levels that can be most impactful in terms of mood and emotions. So now let's talk a little bit about the way they actually impact mood. Hormones interact with chemical messengers in the brain called neurotransmitters. These include like dopamine and serotonin. And we generally associate dopamine and serotonin with positive emotions, happiness, reduced anxiety. So essentially hormone changes directly impact that communication network, those communication molecules in your brain. So for example, when estrogen and progesterone are at an all-time high at the end of pregnancy, you get a nice little bump in dopamine and serotonin related to those elevated estrogen and progesterone hormones. So this is the, the baby bliss that some people experience in the third trimester. But then just within the first 24 hours after delivery, estrogen and progesterone plummet to near pre-pregnancy levels. And so that rapid drop can cause fluctuations in dopamine and serotonin that um, can make you feel horrible. So this can be part of the cause of mood swings and depressive symptoms that we refer to as baby blues in those first few weeks. And actually 80% of birthing mothers experience those type of emotions, sadness, irritability, insomnia, fatigue that go along with the, the baby blues. So again, I want to emphasize that those feelings in the weeks after delivery there's an organic cause. And I think this is the part that's kind of comforting about understanding the physiology is that, you know, it's not just the craziness of life with a newborn. There's actually a biological cause for feeling sensitive and moody that it's a normal part of, of your hormone shifts. And I think this is especially reassuring for people who might be experiencing more severe mood changes or depressive symptoms, anxiety symptoms, because your body is actually in a state similar to the chemical state of someone with depression or anxiety. So you're feeling some of those feelings organically. And so there is some comfort in kind of understanding that that your body is in that state and that, that it's not something that you're doing or just related to your environment. And then let's talk about oxytocin a little more. So you know the feeling you get when you hold your little one and you'll get that tingling sensation in your breasts or feel the milk flushes and oxytocin is responsible for that. We think of it usually as the bonding hormone and the initial quick drop after birth is actually also thought to play a role in baby blues. But then during the first few days after delivery, your body kind of adjusts to the up and down that you'll get with breastfeeding or pumping and then it will kind of hang around fluctuating with milk production until you reduce the number of feedings and start weaning baby completely. And then cortisol, um, cortisol has a lot of functions. We mentioned how it's involved in ways of appropriate internal stress responses, but too much cortisol can also be associated with a constant high alert kind of um, anxiety, irritability state and other mood changes. And we said how cortisol rises at the end of pregnancy to help with labor and other things. But researchers have also found an interesting phenomenon where it seems hormones of pregnancy like estrogen and progesterone will actually buffer some of those negative emotional side effects and that the high levels of cortisol actually seem to help birthing mothers become more tolerant to stress in kind of a desensitizing or tuning out lower stressors, making them less reactive to stressful situations while at the same time making moms more vigilant and responsive to infants needs. But 
it is a hormone that can have a lot of different effects depending on what else is going on in the body at a given time. So it definitely can continue to play a role in mood throughout postpartum, including moods like anxiety, irritability, and, and some of those negative mood disruptions. Um, so, so we covered a lot of information there. Let's take a step back for a second. Now we have an understanding about which hormones are at play in the perinatal period and how they can affect your mood. Um, but what I really want you to take away from all of this is that when, when you're going through those mood changes, just recognizing that it's not just about being overwhelmed with a newborn exhaustion, stressors in your environment, triggering people in your environment, that, that all those things could, could be factors, but that it's also that you are functioning with this new brain and body that is going through changes that make you vulnerable and susceptible to these mood changes. And again, hopefully that awareness and understanding the cause and, and also kind of knowing what emotions and feelings you might experience, um, knowing that that's likely during that, that period of time so that you can better anticipate and prepare and protect your mental state as much as possible during those times that you are more vulnerable. So I know that's a lot of dense information. I hope it is helpful. Again, Rachel, thank you so much for the insightful questions and definitely follow along with us on Instagram. We'll be continuing to post about these topics. Sometimes having a visual is helpful too. So we're creating some graphs and visuals that can help kind of break it down too. And we'll definitely include links to those in the show notes as well. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today. If you enjoyed this episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. Your feedback means the world to us and helps us know which conversations you are needing the most. And we'll keep bringing you new episodes every week. So hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for any links or resources that we mentioned. We're on this journey with you. So be sure to find us on the gram and TikTok. Plus, go to bloomafterbaby.com and grab our free guides on all things motherhood created just for you. Breathe, be well, and keep growing, mama.